listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. Top of the morning to you. Happy President's Day. Hope you had a great weekend. The band is back together. Thanks for starting your week off with us. And how the heck are you? Miller and Moulton here on the Florida Sports Network. FloridaSportsNetwork.com. I have a little enthusiasm behind that one. little oomph. There was oomph. I felt oomph. <laughs> That's an intangible oomph. You know, whether you feel it or not. <laughs> you know, do they have oomph? I don't know. Tough to tell. I'll get back to you. It's that last box that we check off. That's the intangible right. box. It's oomph. Exactly. Oomph. How are you? How was your weekend? A lot of, you know, a lot of little kids practicing. We got softball going on. We've got soccer going on. There's a lot going on in the world with the with the young ones. So I All am right. a, I'm a full-time on. dad on the weekends, David. Hold on. Which one of these did you agree to be the assistant coach with? Because that one's on you. Softball. Okay. All right. So the soccer, that's just the daughter playing it. You're just a parent. The other one, you're a coach. I asked the question last week, and I don't know if you saw the movie Kicking and Screaming. Will Farrell, Mike Ditka. Ditka was tremendous. He man, was. By the way. He Should've was. Should have been nominated for something. All right. But in all seriousness, at one point, Will Farrell called him Juice Box Boy. All right. His job was to get the juice boxes. Are you Juice Box Boy? Kinda. I, I would I would definitely take that role because what I have found is that you know, there's too many coaches. There's four of us. We don't need that many, but it's all right because you're just volunteering and you're helping out. But the the main guy, the head guy, at times thinks he's coaching much oh. older kids than he's coaching. His gotcha. mentality of coaching is, well, coaching young men, not little girls. And the gotcha. one thing I've learned in coaching little girls so far, David, the most important thing so far is lots of water breaks. <laughs> Is it because they need the water or because they just want to talk? Probably both, but it's amazing how often one of them says, can I get some water? And once one wants water, you might as well have a water break because then then you've practice has been disrupted for 10 right. minutes because the next one's going to ask and then the next one's going to ask and so on and so forth. Is this like when we were in class and you used to ask to go to the bathroom and then once one student saw someone go to the bathroom then it was as soon as they came back you know you had to be the first to raise your hand and say can i go and can i go and can i go you know any any reason to get five to eight minutes out of class there's no doubt i had one little girl who decided there was one little area of shade in the whole field there was a tree down the left field line we were just playing catch in the outfield she wouldn't move from the shade she said i'm staying in the shade <laughs> Wait, hold what, on what, a second. What is it you can do at this point? Because I can't, t I really don't feel as if I can tell them what to do. I can try to influence them as to what to do. Hold on. I hold on. She's growing up in Southwest Florida. It's February. She needs the shade in February. Oh. Oh, man. You just, maybe yep. she needs to be Juice Box Boy. I mean, man, that it's over then. If you need, I mean, now I will say the latter part of this week, apparently the whole state's going to be like 90 on Thursday. I mean, which is pretty remarkable. It is February after all. I mean, even, <laughs> even for those of us, the reason we live here is the weather. It's like, hold on a second, 90? 
in February? Damn. All right. I could understand if by the end of this week, she's like, I need to hang out in the shade. I haven't been used to 90 in a few months. But I mean, you know, what was it? Like a whopping 78 when she needed the shade? I mean, I'm concerned. Again, David, these are questions that I don't get into. I just simply try to rally the troops to water breaks. When is the next water break? That's that's I've figured out that's my job. Do you do a lot of clapping? Is there a lot of Jason Garrett in you? Remember when he coached the Cowboys and seemingly every time the networks went to a cutaway of him on the sidelines, he was clapping. No, there's not. Maybe I should start. Maybe I'll maybe I'll begin clapping more. There you go. You know, every time they come to you, be like, okay, ladies, you're doing good. Okay, you, you you need to be the clapper. If you're not going to be juice box boy, be the clapper. All right, I, I'll work on that. Okay, all right, good to know. So a lot went on this weekend. You had the Super Bowl of racing yesterday. So my question is, why can't they end it under green flag racing? I mean, if it's the biggest damn race in your sport, why are we ending the sucker under caution? No, I'm, I'm being serious. No, no, no. There we are might two races. St- you know how I two on the lead lap? I'm good with that. Seriously. You know how I two on the lead lap? I'm good with that. Seriously. You know how I feel about this. This goes all the way back to 20 years in which, who was it? Was it Michael Waltrip who won the Daytona 272? It was just over halfway and it started raining and they said, well, that's it. No, we come back tomorrow. We got lights. No, absolutely not. It's the, I mean, we're not calling the Super Bowl five minutes in the third quarter. No, uh-uh. No, I'm not kidding, Mark. I'm not. Two races a year. We finish on green flag racing. The first one and the last one. We don't decide the championship on the yellow, and we don't decide the Daytona 500 under yellow. You can't call it the Super Bowl of racing and finish under caution. No, not not since you changed the rules 20 years ago and it did the whole green-white checkered thing. Well, then we, we're we doing this sucker then. Do it again. I don't care. What? They don't have the gas? I mean, seriously, we got lights and they got gas. How? The race took three hours and 40 minutes. Can't take three hours and 50 minutes? Seriously. You can't have the biggest damn race in your sport And when a wreck happens, we all don't know who's winning the race. For 30 seconds, nobody knew who won the race. Well, right then and there, that's a bad finish. If we don't know who won the race, and it's not because it's a photo finish at the start-finish line, then that's a bad finish. I will say in watching the end of the race, I'm with you. That there's no other sport, no other sport, none. I mean, you can take the stick and ball sports, you can take tennis, you can take golf, you can take anything else that's out there. There you go. I mean, do it. Try to, on every single biggest stage, equate it to what we got yesterday. What, we stopped the Super Bowl, uh, what, after Mahomes' scramble? That's 35-all. Two and a half minutes. What? Because he got a first down. It's a Chiefs ball. They're in the red zone. They're the winner. Wait, what? 
Uh, we're not going to finish this. Uh, he's the holding a, penalty. He's in the no, middle. Of, he's the in the middle penalty. of the fairway. He's in the middle of the fairway. Line one. Tournament's right. over. He hit the fairway there. He's won. John Rahm's the winner. Doesn't matter that Holman nearly chipped in to put some pressure on him on 18. Nope, we didn't even get to that point. Rahm's the winner. And this is not the Genesis Invitational, by the way. This is the Daytona 500. Don't tell me it's the biggest damn thing in your sport. Don't don't tell me it's the biggest damn thing in your sport and end it the way you end it. I don't want to hear it. And you know I love the race, and you know I'm a NASCAR fan. And I was riveted yesterday to what, for the most part, was a pretty damn boring race. I was going to say that was a tough watch yesterday for the Ooh, most part. Wee. That was, I mean, a lot of lead changes, I will say that. But, I mean, half the field led a lap. But man, that was a lot of that was, was a lot of left-hand turns, with not much going on for, well, about two hours and forty-five minutes. Then the one wreck we do have there in commercial. I always love that. I always love that. Do you know we had eighteen percent of the race under caution yesterday? Why can't they run the commercials during that eighteen percent? Well, so I, the, you know, this drives me nuts. In this day and age, that's the other thing. It's the only damn sport in which we miss live action. Imagine if we're in commercial as the Eagles are driving to tie it in the fourth quarter. Sorry, we just have to take a commercial break here. Really? 18% of the race. 18%, nearly 40 laps under caution. You can't get your commercial breaks in during that 18%? If I was running the damn sport... That's, I mean, even baseball, they at least time out. The, the, we don't, we time out the commercial breaks in between innings. If you miss the first pitch of an inning, that's a you problem. I mean, we nearly didn't see Aaron Boone's home run 20 years ago. Fox barely got back from commercial break as Wakefield was in his windup with the first pitch at the bottom of the inning. Oh, Mark, I was so fired up. Four hours I devote, and that's that's what you give me. Great thirty seconds of drama to figure out who won, David. Oh, goodness! If, and we get the reaction basically of the crew because they didn't have the shot initially. I mean, it was backwards how we found out. Right. Who won? Who? I I, I don't know don't know who won well then that's a bad ending even for a split second unless they are literally you know nose to nose coming to the start finish line oh it's too close to call you know like a horse race and down the stretch they come well it depends on when they you know hit the caution and what marker they were at oh for goodness sakes how about they keep racing and if, you know what? And if because they race so many extra laps, if somebody's out of gas, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. That's kind of like not putting enough golf balls in your bag. That's well, that, on you. They did run the Daytona 527 last night or whatever it was. Yeah, let's see, 212, so two and a half miles. Yeah, what was it? Uh, yeah, 530. It was the Daytona 530 yesterday. The, okay. long, the longest one ever. Okay. Who wants to see a few more laps and finish this thing right? Raise your hand. Anybody? 
am I alone on this island here? Well, I I have to say, David, I knew this. I, I really expected this to happen when they, you know, when they explain to you how these races are going to end, and we're going to, if we get caution here, well, they were all wrecking one another in the overtime. So I did not think we'd get a clean race. I was amazed that we even got the one lap in without a crash at the rate things were going towards the end. So you were okay. I Do I like the rule? No. I liked when they used to race after the wreck and they would race to the checkered flag. I would prefer that. But I knew what the rules are, so I, I'm not hot and bothered by it. But I'm not the NASCAR fan that you are. Miller and Moulton. Yes, yes, no, maybe so. We're bringing it back. You're listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. 21 minutes past the hour. Top of the morning to you, Miller and Moulton. On this President's Day, thanks for being with us. Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Curious how many of you have off today, and if so, enjoy your three-day weekend. Could be a time in which uh, Super Bowl happened last night. We could get to that point. If they ever get to 18 games, it's, it's where we think they're going. Super Bowl would have been last night. NASCAR would have a decision to make. Do they schedule Daytona on the off week in between conference championship games of the Super Bowl, or do they push it back to the end of February? Anyway, uh, started at to, one and finish it before the Super Bowl starts. Well, that'd be a problem. The years Fox has it. I understand. Right. No, that'd be gutsy. I mean, I'm with you, though. Running the sport. Th- there you go. Hell with the Super Bowl pregame. You know, watch our race instead. I like that. And I think Fox would be okay with that, actually, except for the years that they have the Super Bowl. They'd then they like, just wouldn't uh, have the manpower. Well, they they could get the manpower. You can hire people. Uh, you can do it. All right. But the problem would be they would say to NASCAR, well, we're going to put the race on FS1, just so you know. Okay? So if you're okay with the race being on FS1, all right, schedule it. Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> but just so you know, <laughs> we're going to put, yes, we know, we got it. You've got action for four or five hours. They're sitting around talking about a game that's going to kick off. Don't know what to tell you. They're the NFL. You're not. They get Fox. You want FS1? Would you be okay with that? You're running NASCAR? Super Bowl Sunday. All right. I would but probably put it on the off week. Okay. I couldn't lose a network for that, even if it's once every three, four years. Fair enough. We'll get back to NASCAR in a bit. Todd Bodine, by the way, going to join us top of the 8 o'clock hour. He's raced in the 500 before. All right, he covered it for Fox. He'll join us. We'll talk more about it, whether or not the finish is okay or not. But you and many others, Mark, and I will say – Good job by the folks on the PGA Tour and the Genesis Invitational on Saturday. Very smart. All right. LT Gray shoots a three over 74 on Friday. We thought the cold might get to him. All right. But he sneaks in on the cut line right on the number. 
But normally that means he's teeing off, you know, one of the first four or five groups off the tee. You'll be lucky if you see any of his shots, even on the Golf Channel, when they pick up coverage in the middle of the day. Genesis Invitational said, well, how about we just have everybody tee off at the same time? But, you know, the leaders will go off the front and, the, you know, the also-rans will go off the back. Worked out pretty well for the weekend for the boys at the Genesis. Got to a lot of Tiger Woods on CBS. She did. Here he is on Saturday playing the best round of golf he's played in four years, and you're getting a chance to see it. A little four under 67. Then, of course, he shot a two over 73 yesterday. He said afterwards his leg bothered him more than he let on. And when asked how much more is he going to play, he goes, guys, it's going to be the majors and maybe a couple other events a year. That's it. That's all I got in me. Okay. All right. Right now, Mark, we see him before Augusta, yay or nay? Yes. One time. And I can't tell you where, but I think he'll play one tournament before before Augusta. <laughs> if Arnie was alive, it would have been Bay Hill. Right, but that... Right. So it might be the players. Just, you know, it's the biggest thing, the biggest tournament, the PGA Tour, Tigers, you know, the commissioner of the tour. I mean, so, you know, he probably should show up for their biggest event. Well, there's an open parking spot. The defending champ can't be there, so. Correct. They can just change that and put for T. Woods. Which is funny because he literally can walk about 10 minutes from his house and play in the event. And he's the top five player in the world, but uh, whatever. So what'd you think? Got a chance to see four days LT Gray, two rounds under par. He was pounding the ball out there, 300 plus. Was amazed how well he hit the driver. Had some chipping woes yesterday. Putting woes on Friday. Did not putt well on Friday. But putting bothered him more than the cold, really. I thought the cold was going to do him in. Not being able to make four and five footers is what did him in on Friday. But all in all, you know, they compared his three events last year to this year, the number of birdies versus all of that. I mean, it was, I, I think, a really good weekend for Tiger Woods. Of course, a little easier, though, in all fairness. I mean, the three tournaments he played last year were the Masters, the PGA, and the Open Championship. I mean... You know, Riviera did play. I mean, 17 under won Riviera. But he's never played all that great there. So he played decently, shot a good round on Saturday. I thought it was really important to see a good round on the weekend, given the fact that last year it was everything to make the cut and there was nothing left by Saturday. I mean, he was out of gas just trying to get around the golf course on the weekends a year ago. So he played and played well on Saturday. I thought that was encouraging. Wasn't that the first time he had played four rounds since 2020 because remember the car accident was february of 21 and i don't know if he had played a four-round tournament yet in 21 and last year well no he he did four rounds at augusta he did he limped home barely breaking 80 on both rounds on the weekend so that's true he did do 72 at augusta didn't make the cut at the open championship and withdrew after the third round of the pga so it's only the second time, really, since before the pandemic, I believe, that Tigers, or since the pandemic year, anyway. 
that Tigers played four rounds. So, I mean, listen, it, nobody thinks he's going to win anything, right? But it was just nice to see him back. Absolutely. And if that's what we get out of Tiger going forward, I, hey, I'm okay with it. Just seeing him out there, seeing some great shots. He made an eagle. You know, get a couple of roars out there. That would be fantastic. I mean, I will say, I mean, I understand short game woes at the Genesis. It's not like he doesn't know how to chip and putt those greens at Augusta. I mean, if you're Tiger right now and you say to him, listen, you're going to hit the ball the same way. In seven weeks, you're going to hit the ball the same way. And your short game will come back between now and then. You know, you'll have your normal, normal, not amazing, like you're chipping in from behind the 16th green short game. But you'll have, you'll bring a normal short game to Augusta and you'll hit the ball like you did at Riviera. And he would think, he, would, think would, he would contend. Yes, I think Tiger says, well, I'll be in the top 20 then. Okay. I'll be there. I'll be there on the weekend. We can see what can happen. And that's where the roars can scare other golfers. Because, well, we all know by now he has his own roar on that golf course. Max Homa, the fourth best golfer in the world right now? I mean, if you're going since the golfer, the golfing world's kind of like the men's college basketball world, Mark. Purdue, Alabama, and Houston have been alternating as to who's going to be number one. Well, that's kind of Scheffler, Rory, and Rom right now. But I think Homa's like Andy Murray back in the day of men's tennis. He's kind of raising his hand going, I know I haven't won a major yet, but I'm probably the fourth best golfer in the world. Let's see if he can continue to play that well when he leaves the West Coast. Homa's best play is near home. He doesn't do as well when he gets away from California. So I'll reserve judgment on that until I see him continue this somewhere that's not California. Fair enough. And I think the Florida swing starts this week, right? Don't they have the Honda, Honda. this weekend? Meanwhile, the LIV begins in uh, south of the border in Mexico, Mayakoba. Miller and Moulton. The starting five is next. Thanks for listening. Florida Sports Network. You're listening to Miller and Moulton exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. 22 minutes before the hour. Happy President's Day. You forgot the day off today. Well, keep it to your damn self. Yeah, what are you doing up this early listening to us? <laughs> right. <laughs> Miller and Moulton, the Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Todd Bodine to talk about the Daytona 500. Is it a controversial ending or was it just a messy one? We'll talk to Todd about that and a few other things coming up at the top of the 8 o'clock hour. With what you may have missed yesterday and a few other things over the weekend, it is time now for... The Starting Five. Five stories you need to know. It's The Starting Five on Miller & Moulton. Here's number one. I have to admit, Mark, on paper, sounded very exciting. 52 lead changes. Wow! Involving 21 drivers. It's over half the field. 
Damn. Eight caution flags, including three in the final 15 laps. Huh? And it ended on a caution. 212th and final lap. Most ever laps, by the way, in a Daytona 500. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. had just pulled ahead of Joey Logano with the wreck behind him when the yellow flag came out. For Stenhouse, it's just his third career win. First ever 500. Logano, who had won Daytona twice, says finishing second sucks. Didn't say that. I will say that's that's channeling your inner Earnhardt right there. Finishing second sucks. <laughs> well, especially the way he did too. Yeah. Not knowing. Sure. I mean, Split crazy second, end. He thought he may have been the winner. Right. I thought he uh, was. By the way, like I, I, I initially thought Logano won. Christopher Bell third. Chris Boucher, fourth. Boucher led the second most laps of 32. Brad Keselowski, who finished 22nd, he led the most laps, 42. He led one out of every five laps, basically, in the race. Our buddy Ross Chastain wrecked twice and still finished ninth. Kyle Busch, who had the lead with three laps to go when the cautions all started. Daniel Suarez spun out with three laps to go. Suarez finished seventh. Bush finishes 19th. I think Suarez cost Kyle Bush some 500. He had his teammate right behind him. He had another Chevy right behind him. Logano was fourth, and he was the only Ford in sight. I thought, if nothing else, Mark, I thought Richard Childress was going to win the 500. It was going to be Kyle Bush or his teammate. But I thought a Chevy was definitely going to be in victory lane with three laps to go. I mean, they ended up there anyway, but... I, I thought, I mean, Kyle Busch, one of the best drivers to never win the 500. And you're right. Before the spin out, it looks as if they had, they had, they had made the pass. They had the momentum. They were running three cars. You knew it was coming that way. They'd talked about, they were just waiting their time, biding their time to make the run around the lead cars. And when they did, um, I thought Stanos made a, and the first caution made a great move to get to the lead. How though? However. Agreed. Agreed. And apparently, you know, some guys were better down low. Logano said, yeah, I was terrible down low. I had to stay up high. And he goes, should I have tried to block him? Maybe, but I thought if I did, I'd get wrecked. So I stayed up high and finished second, and second sucks. (laughs) Great quote. Kevin Harvick, if it in fact is his last 500, he finished 12th. Martin Truex Jr., one of those cup champions who has never won Daytona, finished 15th. Jimmy Johnson surprisingly contended after starting in the last row. Jimmy was in the top 10 late. Got caught up in a wreck, however, finished 31st. Todd Bodine in an hour to talk about Daytona. Some NFL news over the weekend you may have missed. Eric Bieniemy officially left Kansas City. He's now the new offensive coordinator in Washington. This is what interests me about that. Clearly, I mean, he is going to have 100% control of the offense. I mean, if that's the reason why he's not getting a head coaching job is because Andy Reid's getting all the credit and the enemy's not getting any. Well, I mean, if he turns Sam Howell or whoever the heck they're going to have a quarterback into a good quarterback and 
They win more games than they've won under Ron Rivera. Yeah, he should get credit for that. Here's the thing that would worry me, though. I mean, reportedly, the franchise is for sale. I mean, Snyder's looking for $7 billion. Well, last time I checked, there's a few people out there who want the franchise who have it. And, Mark, what do new owners usually do when they come in? New coaches. Yeah. New they, GMs. They fire people, right? They, they, they do it their way. Right. So that's the thing that concerns me there for Biennemi. Never mind the fact that we mentioned he's going from Patrick Mahomes to Sam Howell. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, Rex Ryan may be returning to the league. And I know that's just what the NFL was missing. Uh, Rex hasn't been a part of the league since he got fired as the head coach of the Bills after the 2016 season. He's 60 now. And Sean Payton is apparently seriously considering him to be his defensive coordinator. He's one of the final three candidates he interviewed for the gig over the weekend. Aaron Jones, by the way, reworked his deal. He's returning to Green Bay. He cut $5 million off his salary from 16 down to 11. However, he took eight and a half of the 11 up front. I gave him a check. Here you go. So he saves him a bunch of room on the cap, but he's also basically already been paid for the year. It's a lot better than getting cut. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Because he wasn't getting, I don't know if he would have been getting 11, might have somewhere else, but I don't think so. I don't know. Especially since, do you know what the uh, franchise tag is for running backs? 10. On the open market, you're going to give Aaron Jones more than 10? I don't think so. Uh, NBA had their all-star weekend. Did you hear who won the slam dunk contest? Yes. Had you ever heard of him before? No. Well, there's a reason for that. He was in the damn G League. Thank you, Mark. Mac McClung. Big M, little C, big C. Mac McClung. He was an internet sensation. His high school tape is viral yeah well and that's why they invited him but i mean literally since they have so many people volunteering to be in the slam dunk contest the nba and the sixers basically worked something out where the sixers signed him last week so since he's on the sixers roster he could be in the dunk contest then he went and he won it you know how many games mac mcclung has played in his nba career two more than miller and moulton Two, but he's the slam dunk champion. You know, Dominique Wilkins, Michael Jordan, Mac McClung. Right. And was, I mean, I watched the highlights of it. He was great. Oh, no, he was. He didn't oh, miss, no, he, he didn't miss a single dunk. That helps. No, no, he was excellent. He was outstanding. <laughs> he's Mac McClung. McClung. Right. That's all. Left winger for the Calgary Flames. (laughs) I think he was a throw-in in in the Tyler Mott deal yesterday between Ottawa and the Rangers. Damian Lillard won the three-point contest. We've heard of him. And um, Team Giannis beat Team LeBron. Giannis, like, played less than a minute. Yeah, he came in, got a pass, made a dunk, fouled a guy, and took himself out. Exactly. So you could tell that right wrist is bothering him. So that bears watching after all. But Team Giannis beat Team LeBron. Jason Tatum with an all-star record, 55 points. I don't know what's more impressive. 
the 55 points or the 35 minutes? Who the hell plays 35 minutes in an all-star game? Um, two other notes off the court, if you will, Mark. Kevin Love officially released by Cleveland. He's publicly announced I'm signing with Miami. Listen, about the only thing Love can do anymore is hit the short corner three. You know what Miami needs? People who can hit threes. So, okay. We'll see if it helps. I could use some scoring. And did you hear what Kevin Durant said right as All-Star Weekend was beginning? Yeah, that was uh, quite a quote. (laughs) I was asked about, you know, players like you getting up and demanding trades and changing teams. And he said, quote, yeah, it's great for the league, unquote. I think the league and its fans have a different version of great than Kevin Durant. Hey, John Rahm, back to being number one. Like, the World Golf Ranking knows what it's doing. I mean, anyway. But Rahm's won three of six tournaments on the PJ Tour this year. And if you go back to how he finished last year, he's won like six of the last times he's teed it up. So, yeah, I'd say he's number one in the world. He won the Genesis Invitational at Riviera at 17 under. Excuse me, he was two better at Max Homa. Tiger, two rounds under par, the first and third, two under 69. Four under 67. Second round, three over 74. Final round, two over 73. He finished one under. Patrick Cantley, third. Will Zalatoris was fourth. By the way, the LIV is adding more PGA Tour players. Remember Thomas Peters, who couldn't get in the Genesis, ranked 34th in the world? Well, he's not going to play in any more PGA tournaments either because Thomas Peters, Brendan Stock, and Danny Lee Brendan Steele, excuse me. Can't read my own writing. Thomas Peters, Brendan Steele, Danny Lee. They joined Mito Pereira and Sebastian Munoz. So five PGA Tour players in the last week or so have left to go to the LIV Tour. And LIV makes its season debut at Mayacoba in Mexico this weekend. A fair question is better field. The Honda or... Mayakoba. It'll be close. I say Edge Mayakoba. XFL played over the weekend, Mark. Three close games decided by two, three, and four points, but the Orlando Guardians stink. They lost to the Houston Roughnecks 33 12. Come on, guys, pick it up. All right. How much did you watch? I watched 10 minutes, and here's why they had an officials review. During most of the 10 minutes, it was fascinating. Blandino live viewing a controversial, was it an interception or was it a touchdown? Was it a joint possession? And they showed it live. It was great television. And I disagreed with the call. I thought it was clear the defender had the interception in his left arm when he hit the ground. But they ruled it a basically all, you know, simultaneous possession and offensive touchdown. But it was fascinating. Let me tell you, we would love it as NFL fans if they showed us the replay folks looking through the replays, commenting about what they see. Hey, show me that again. Does he have it there? Is his knee down? It was great television. I don't know if I saw anything else after that. College hoops. Houston's going to be number one later today. They beat Memphis. 
third-ranked Purdue whooped up on Ohio State. You know, North Carolina's yet to beat a quad one team. They're 0-9 against quad one teams. Did I see that right? You did. NC State beat them by eight yesterday. Since he beat UCF by two, give it up for the Northwestern. They whooped up on Iowa yesterday by 20. I mean, they'd be, how about the week for Northwestern? Purdue, Indiana, and Iowa. Boom, boom, boom. Women's hoops, South Carolina forced to overtime before beating Ole Miss, but they are 27-0. and 0. Florida lost to LSU. Florida State beat Georgia Tech. Hockey, seven games. None of them involve anybody you like, really. Edmonton blew a three-goal lead for the third straight game, though. That hasn't been done in, like, forever. There was a big trade over the weekend. Toronto picking up uh, Ryan O'Reilly from St. Louis. (laughs) All just trying to get it out of the first round. (laughs) And Jonathan Taze, in all seriousness, said, listen, I'm sick. I got effects from COVID, and something's wrong with my immune system, and um, I, I can't be traded. I'm not a healthy person. Um. One other note, Major League Baseball announced yesterday we're going to create an economic reform committee in the wake of all the money Steve Cohen of the Mets is spending and the RSN woes. We're creating an economic reform committee. David Sampson, who will be on the show tomorrow, tweeted out, if this is taken seriously, it'll be the most important thing Rob Manfred does as commissioner. So there. And at eight minutes before the hour, that gentleman was... That was the starting five every weekday morning at this time on Miller & Moulton. An economic reform committee, huh? Yeah, in a sport that doesn't have a salary cap. Right. And is proud to not have one. So how are you going to do this? I believe it's called capitalism, right? I mean, that's their thing, right? All the others have a salary cap of some kind. Their big thing is capitalism. And a tax. Right. I mean, wasn't that the reform? Hey, you spend over this, we're going to tax something out of you. Miller and Moulton. Lots to talk about in the baseball world with David Sampson tomorrow. Todd Bodine to talk NASCAR at 8 o'clock. Miller and Moulton.